before Big Ben's throw, before Santonio Holmes' catch, before Pittsburgh became Sixburg. There were doubts. There was a daunting schedule. There was a dominant defense. This is the season. 2008 Pittsburgh Steelers. Welcome Steelers Nation. I am Bryant McFadden, your host and cornerback on the 2008 Pittsburgh Steelers. On this podcast, I'll revisit our Super Bowl run from a decade ago with former teammates and coaches, delivering you behind-the-scenes insights and memories on the biggest plays, personalities from that memorable season. Let's get to this week's game and guess. Steelers fans, we're back. I'm Bryant McFadden getting ready to break down another big-time Steeler win. Week 17 matchup, the final game of the 2008 season. The Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the Cleveland Browns, a divisional foe. Of course, we wanted to find a way to finish the season on a good note, already having everything wrapped up as far as playoff seating. Uh, we had a, we were guaranteed a first round bye. Not a lot to play for, but knowing the situation and knowing that we would have an extra week off, we wanted to be able to get the starters involved, not to mention have quality role players get an opportunity to show up and play big time football. And because of that, it was only appropriate for me to have a big-time contributor. Week 17 had a huge impact in the game, not just in that game, but the entire season, a quality vet on and off the football field. This Week 17 matchup, Steeler fans, this defensive player had a huge game. They had the best performance of that ball game coming from the defensive side. Um, This player had three tackles, one assist. Came through with two big time interceptions for a total of 50 yards. He, he even took one back to the house. And the unique thing about this player, as we go throughout this ball game and we recap this ball game, he had an, an incident that happened early in the ball game. And we will talk about that as we go along. But let me introduce Steeler fans, a guy that you, you all love. You all cheered on 11 year NFL pro, fourth round pick. Out of Minnesota in 2000, was a two-time first-team All-American. Also won the Jim Thorpe Award in college. Goes to the best defensive back in college football. He joined the Steelers in 2004, spent six seasons in Pittsburgh. A two-time Super Bowl champion, Tyrone Carter. Thank you for joining me to recap this Week 17 matchup. I appreciate it, B-Mac, but make sure you get on my right you know you're a statistic guy make sure you don't miss my accolades man <laughs> what did you know, i miss i, I, I gave you i was a two-time consistent all-american don't you forget that now okay you know what consistency is right uh, yeah two-time consensus all-american i'm sorry i okay. forgot that i'm there glad you that you were able to point that, that out now. make sure you get that now i've been doubted all my life b-man <laughs> i've been doubted all my life b-man but then you want to do me too do my homie now you're right now, you're right it's what only got for me, hey, if I miss something that that's what good teammates do. You you got to be able to pick up the slack, right or wrong? All day in America, that's what we do, <laughs> man. Hey. I just had to get to you now, cause see, you get me excited about that 2008 season, man. I got get you. I'm excited. getting you fired up. Talking about that 17. Oh, this year. You know, I always stay fired up. What y'all call me? <laughs> no question, little pistol starter. You no. Know? <laughs> hey, see, hey, <laughs> listeners. Uh, Tyrone nickname was little pistol starter because, of course, he he was. As far as measurables, he wasn't the tallest of the 
tallest guy <laughs> around. But boy, when you talk about looking to get in a fight on and off the football field, little pistol starter would get it cracking at any given time. And that's, and it showed a lot on the field in game of play. Tyrone, talking about your 11 year career, you had an opportunity. Like I said, you got drafted, uh, by the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, you also played for the Jets. You also played for the San Diego Chargers. At that time, they were San Diego Chargers. What separated the Steelers from the other franchises that you played with? Man, to me, I think collectively from the top down, man, the owners, everybody was the same. Nobody, nobody looked at each other that they was different. You know, it wasn't a different set of groups within that team. Uh, man, to see the owner come there every day, man, and to see practice, watch what's going on, to be in the park. I'm coming from Minnesota where only time the owner come there is something that came wrong, something that was wrong. But to see the Ronies was there with us every practice, eating dinner with us, eating breakfast with us, talking to us, wasn't far around it. And not to mention my teammates, man. My teammates, when you're talking about family, man, that was family. When they say fans of brothers, Coach Kyle will go watch, go make, uh, get, take us to the movies, go watch that band of brothers at training camp. And I didn't really understand it at first. When he first took us, I'm like, man, what are you taking us to watch Band of Brothers for? This football, we should watch a football movie or something. But we get in there, man, and, you know, to see that message about having your brothers back, your brothers keep with you there. And to see that when I got there, everybody hung together, everybody did stuff together, and the, the close-knitted family that it was, man, it made playing that game much easier. It's like playing with your brothers. Can you imagine going all around the world, playing with your brothers, your family every day? In the, for a game. Man, that made my, that made my day every, every day there more precious. That made me practice to make sure I'm accountable to give my best for them because they did the same thing for me. And that showed, if you look at it, man, we were the close-knitted team. You know, we had each other back when things went wrong. We were, we weren't afraid to step up and say something. Nobody had no, you know, no issues. It was an unselfish team, man. It was an unselfish team, BMAC. I tell you, I got there in 04 and the thing that got me the most is, Deuce Daly came over there, too, at the same time. And I played against Deuce Daly when I was with Minnesota Vikings. I started in the NFC Championship game, played my freshman year and everything, my rookie year and everything. But Deuce Daly was a scat back. I know going over to uh, Pittsburgh, Jay Peoples over there, that's a power back. Now, he's been a stellar the whole time, the stud, everything. So when they brought Deuce Daly over there, man, you would think, you know, Jerome would have been mad because they just put him ahead of him, took his reps. And everything, JB ain't did that. JB stayed right there, taught him, teached him, and became a player. Everybody looking like, dang, he, you know, but he wouldn't do that. I took away from that man that he didn't waver. He helped Deuce Daly out, and when Deuce Daly got hurt, he didn't skip a beat when he got there. He had more yards than Deuce Daly did and took us all the way to the end, man. Took us to the NFC Championship game. and so That year we lost to New England, but – just to see that, man, and that team came closer after that year, too, BMAC, that was carried into when you got there to be the luckiest rookie I've seen <laughs> to come there and get, get to come on a team that was well-fitted, well-coached, and to win a Super Bowl your first year, you had to be the luckiest cat, bro. <laughs> and then it gets you two of them, man. That's two a blessing. Four. But at the end of the day, man, that organization from the top down, man, 
I'm telling you, I love it, man. I love them still today, man. You know that, be man. Most, most definitely, most definitely. Now, Steeler, Steeler fans, listeners, it's time to set the scene. Week 17 matchup kickoff 102 p.m. there in Pittsburgh, 48 degrees. And when you look at the Steelers playing pretty good football, of course, going into this ball game as far as with the gambling aspect, we're 11 and a half point favorite. We entered the ball game 11 and four. Uh, the Cleveland Browns entered the ball game four and 11. Like I said early, early on, we had everything locked up pretty much. We knew what we were going to do as far as playoffs. Uh, I think we had the second, we were the second seed in the playoffs. So that guaranteed us a first round by not to mention a home game in the playoffs. Starters were going to play. Big Ben played. Hines played. Uh, defensively, you know, the majority of the starters played. James Harrison did not play. I think he had an issue with his hip. Uh, Lawrence Timmons filled in for James Harrison. Ryan Clark didn't participate. Uh, didn't participate. You filled in for Ryan Clark. So TC as a vet and also being a part of a Super Bowl winning team already with the 05 championship team. Folk, can you give us a little insight as far as the mentality entering game, both from the team standpoint and personally knowing that Everything was already solidified for us. Uh, well, to answer your question, for me, B-Mac, uh, we didn't look in losing in 04, man, as a team. We wanted to make sure we take every game accountable. We didn't take no game off. And as a role player, you know when your name is called, you got to be able to answer that bell. We didn't look at it as if, oh, we got rest. Uh, we, we, we got it sealed right now into the playoffs. The playoffs are just the playoffs. You dare you could get to the playoff, but who got on the one winner? On the one winner. So our mindset from 04, after that 04 season, was making sure when we get there, we seize our opportunity. And going into that week, week 17, man, and we knew the starters weren't going to play as much games, you know, and we got to make sure as a team, you carrying that momentum into the playoffs. You want to lose that last game and then thinking that, oh, you don't rest your guys and thinking that, uh, we could catch up on that other game. No, you want to carry that momentum. And as a role player, you want to make sure you're not skipping the beat. That was the mindset back then is no matter who in there, that expectation for that position don't change. We still got to play at a high level. You still got to compete. And that was our team, team goal as a, at the same time. But individually for myself, D-Max, Man, I done been there, man. I done been to places where, you know, we thought we had in the bag. We played in Minnesota in the 2000 season. We go down to New York, New York Giants, and uh, they they goose eggs us, 42 to nothing. You know, we had the on paper, we had the best team in the NFL. But that don't mean anything if you ain't ready to play the game. And going into that as a as an individual for myself, man, I just was happy and excited at the same time that I wanted to let my teammates know, man, I'm ready. I'm ready. When my number is called, I want to, I want you guys to understand that, hey, I'm here to make plays. I'm here to try to help us win this championship, which that's what we're trying to do. So we didn't let up, man. We didn't let up. So when we played <laughs> Cleveland, it didn't matter who we played. That was another game, another opportunity for me to continue to start my quest of making things happen and get that, help us win that world championship. No questioning. We're able to do that. Um, the Cleveland Browns, of course, struggled throughout the 2008 season, but we did not want to lose the last ball game because we wanted to take positive momentum into the playoffs like you mentioned uh tc a very very slow slow first quarter uh cleveland browns their first drive of the game was their longest of the game jamal lewis had four carries uh braylon Edwards, dante stallworth josh cribs 
all had receptions from Bruce Gronkowski, who started, made his only, that was his only start of the season. And talking about Dante Starworth, uh, he had a huge reception. Uh, it's a quick pass, now pass. That's when you see the quarterback throw the ball to the directly to the wide receiver instantly. Was able to make a few defenders miss. But on the tackle, Ty- Tyrone Carter came up with a big-time hit, went low on Dante, ended up flipping him. And as I recap this ball game watching it, I forgot that. My my homeboy TC actually went to sleep during that play. Uh, <laughs> and, and the thing about Tyrone, uh, listeners, we used to joke about him all the time because he had a knack for going to sleep. And when I say going to sleep, I mean getting concussed. And 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 every every I'll say I'll give him a a four game stretch where he might have four games without going to sleep. But boy, that fifth game. He's going to take that prom picture, take that prom escort to the sideline. And as I recall and I look at the video recapping, getting ready for this uh podcast, I saw Tyrone Carter, the first quarter of the ball game, lay a big-time hit on Dante, but he was asleep. He was a dead body on the football field, wasn't moving at all. And he got up. I know Big Hamp came from the sideline, and at that time we we got the information as far as when someone is knocked out, don't touch him and Make them stay down. But you know, TC, we used to pick at him all the time. So he tried to find a way to walk off the football field. And boy, when I say he was a drunk body, he was a drunk body. But the unique thing about that TC, and I'm pretty sure you remember that, was that you went out for a few plays. You know, he went out for a few plays, but he was able to return to action. And that's the difference with the concussion protocol then compared to now, because if you go to sleep, you're not going back in the ball game. And you ain't going back. No, nah, no. Nah. Nah. And 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 that was the toughness that you had because you didn't play the you've had what two or three plays in the first quarter, didn't play anymore in the first quarter. You went to sleep. You went and took that prom escort, that prom picture, you know. <laughs> and like I tell you guys all the time, listeners, imagine taking your prom date to prom and you know how you walk with a young lady and you you escort her on the sideline. That's what the trainers do <laughs> back then. When anybody look, got look concussed. Look at that black mongoose. Look at that black mongoose. What are you going to tell the people when you went to sleep? I, TC, I never went to sleep out there, TC. I, I did. Be I did. Mad. I lied. Be I'm sorry. Be mad. I'm so, you going to tell that lie? Be I didn't go to sleep as much as much as you. TC, you probably had about five, six hey, concussions a year. You ain't the thudder, though, Be Mac. You ain't the thudder. Oh. One thing going to happen, you know what I'm going to do. Either you going to put me to sleep or I'm going to put your butt to sleep. Yeah. What's going to happen? Yeah, you got to put this in. Yeah, you right, you right. Now you was in the line of fire a lot more than I did, and I used to put my head in the fan too. But I, I think I had a tougher jaw than you did, cause boy, boy, you was going to sleep consistently. You probably had no, that 2008 season. You be probably mad. had six or seven concussions. I probably had about four or five. You had, you had everybody I had, beat. Hey, I, I, I had Dr. Let me tell you the truth, but <laughs> I didn't give a damn. I didn't care. <laughs> I didn't care, be mad. Long as I can come by some assistance, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. See and, what and, happens, be mad. Mm-hmm. I get look what happens, be mad. Look what happens, be mad. I get knocked out, right? Yeah. Then I come back, I get the two picks. Yeah, right? We gonna talk about that. That's why I wanted to pinpoint that because as I watched the game, I realized I said, wait a minute, number twenty three, he, he on the sideline with his helmet removed, looking like he's trying to get himself together. Didn't play anymore, but then as the course of the ball game go, I see twenty three emerge once again. And that first quarter, that was the last. Appearance in the first quarter, uh, getting escorted off the football field by our outstanding trainers, John Norwood getting company. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I feel it in my 
citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus. As we continue to go on in the first quarter, like I said, it's a very, very slow start for both offenses. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, their first drive was their longest drive, but it came to a standstill. We ended up forcing a point. Our offense didn't do anything. Cleveland Browns got the ball back and once again on the Steelers 36, uh, favorable field position. I was able to end that series with the big time sack on Bruce Gronkowski. Um, knowing that the Cleveland Browns offense was struggling, knowing they had a first time starter at the quarterback position, how did you attack that game plan, Tyrone, knowing that you will be starting? Now, granted, at that time, in the first quarter, like I said, you were not in the game action. But as far as game prep, what was that process like for you, knowing you're playing against a bad team and playing against a first-time starter? Well, playing against a bad team and a first-time starter, when they got Jamal Lewis back there, that's a great back. Yeah, And yeah. watching from film study, we like to get Jamal Lewis. They like to get Jamal Lewis the ball out of the backfield. To use that speed and his quickness and to lose some of the foot defenders that's coming to him. But at the end of the day, I had to make sure he, he had to get him some completions in. What quarterback do to get their completions in? They want to get the short route, mm-hmm. know the check down. And knowing that we got a defense that was stingy and we, you just stopped him already. So his mind already thinking about, I got to get rid of this ball real fast. So to me, I was looking at from film study Jamal every time he's Every time he uh either zen motion or flat or bail lay out of there, I'm gonna watch him and see if the quarterback look at him. So as soon as I watch him and see the quarterback look at him, man, hey man, I, it's time to go. Yep. He'll talk to loaded. Yeah. So at the end of the day, that's what the self study comes in in effect. And you can't never underestimate your opponent, man. I never say it's some bad teams or sorry teams. Only thing I say is a good team will gain the record sometimes, man. Some things don't go their way. So mm-hmm. NFL, the margin of winning is about three points. You want to play away from winning, want to play away from losing. So at the end of the day, it's all about that battle-tested team that can withstand all the adversities that ever flow in the game. And the ones that withstand it the most are the ones that usually win that game. And with Cleveland Browns, you know how that goes, B-Mac. They're going to give us their best shot the first quarter. And all of a sudden, here we go again. So we all know when we play teams like that, you can't never underestimate a team because you know they're going to come out there and give you their best. But you let that momentum go on their side for a minute, and sometimes you probably don't get it back. Yeah. You know, so at the end of the day, man, it was a blessing. We turned to be world champions. They were one step, they were one team away from us to continue that momentum that we had started that year. And we wanted to continue to go, man. We wanted, we wanted to be split up too. As Coach T would say. <laughs> <laughs> no question, no question. Like I said, it was a it was a very very slow first quarter for both offenses. Both defenses played pretty good football. A scoreless first quarter, and you talk about Cleveland playing us tight, especially early in the ball game. That proves your point because their defense played real good football, and they were going blow for blow with us, the best defense at that time in two thousand eight. But in the second quarter, Big Ben and the comp and, and, and the crew they finally woke up. 20-yard completion to Heath Miller. Next play, Willie Parker rips off a 34-yard scamper for the first score of the ball game. Steelers up 7-0. Throughout that ball game, Willie Parker, fast Willie is what we like to call him. Uh, 23 carries for 116 yards and one touchdown versus the Cleveland Browns. That was his first 100 yards, 100 yard performance since week five. He came off, he, he was coming off a 13-yard season the year before. 
health health wise, he had issues when you look at 2007 and 2008. When he was healthy, how important was Willie Parker for our offense in 2008? Oh man, he was very important, man. He was very important. You know, he gave us that big spark we needed at times. The big runs, you gonna see him coming. You know, getting that extra rock, extra extra yardage at the same time. He's a hungry young 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 gunner trying to set the tone for himself, make his name for himself in the NFL. So we wanted to ride off that man, and he helped us out a lot, especially you know when we needed a big play. You know, instead of using Big Ben, Big Ben all the time, you know, it really Parker. That what you used to call him, Big Play Willie Parker, man. Yeah, almost with Willie Gay, but at the end of the day, man, he wanted to be, you know, with the Steelers. Eating that clock up was very important for Coach Cowell, man. That was very important back then. You know, time management. When you're trying to win games, you got to make sure you eat that clock up. That's the first time moving the change as an offense. And having a, having a double-edged sword by killing with the run game and the passing, that helps you offensively a lot. So your chances of winning most of those games is as important you're able to continue to do that. So Willie did a great job for us in that run, especially. If you look at the Super Bowl, he did the same thing, man. Did the same thing. Had the longest run in the Super Bowl uh, the year before that, the, the, uh, our first Super Bowl. So, man, I was I was excited, man. I was excited, and you know, this will be magnificent. for offense. That's what gets things going. So he was great. Now we we're off to the second quarter. Uh, just under. Two minutes to go in the second quarter. Big Ben still in the ball game. Remember, Steeler fans, TC, Big Ben was only supposed to play a half. So he was almost uh, to his limit as far as reps, as far as pitch count. Uh, but right before halftime, Big Ben uh, hit on a completion. Uh, he was hit by Willie McGinnis and DeQuell Jackson. Big Ben was down on the football field for at least 15 minutes. You know, trainers came out. Uh, Steelers, the entire medical staff came out. Eventually, Big Ben gives a thumbs up as he was carted off the football field. He wasn't, uh, helped off. He wasn't limping off. He was carted off the football field. Um, his head and neck was in a neck, uh, his neck was stabilized. And it was basically, uh, alleged concussion. What was your thought process, TC, on the sideline, knowing that Big Ben was only supposed to play a half of play, knowing that the half was almost over, and then not to mention, you see his neck stabilize, knowing that he is oh, our man. franchise quarterback. And granted, we had a week off, but not knowing exactly the severity of the injury. What was your thought process? Man, it, it, it was tough seeing your star player go down like that. And in the game, like in, in, in the magnitude where we say he ain't supposed to play, but you know how it goes, B-Matt. You can't say they should have put him out before the end. You know, you who knows to say that they didn't want to continue to play, man. You know how that goes. but. Yeah. This game was tough to see your, your guys go down like that. But at the end of the day, we know defensively, hey, man, we got to step up. We got to step up. You know what I mean? We got to do it, you know? No question. And talking about role players and experienced vet, at that time, Byron Leftwich filled in for Big Ben uh, when he was carted off the football field uh, with around 40 seconds left to go. Byron Leftwich replaces Big Ben and promptly scrambles for an eight-yard touchdown run. We go into half leading 14-0. Talk about experienced role players embracing their roles. What was Byron's value to the team on the field in the locker room, knowing that he had started the majority of his career up until that point down in Jacksonville, knowing that if something was to happen to Big Ben, we had a guy that knew what it meant to play under the big-time lights, 
How did you see his value to our, our team at that time? At that time, I think it was, it was, it was value. But we know buying left wing can, can sling that ball, but he can't get out that pocket. Well, he, <laughs> he scrambled for a touchdown now. He, he's, he, remember, he scrambled for a, a nice big time touchdown yeah, run. Yeah. But, but boy, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, me, I bet you, what, what would you like to be, man? What do you say what you want to be, man? Uh, I guarantee you, like, no, man. Hey, we all were saying that on the sideline because it looked like he was running in slow motion. It looked like he was pulling a safe. But he made a guy miss, and he scored, and he amazed everybody. Remember, we were joking about him on the sideline looking like Bambi, the reindeer? <laughs> but, he, hey, every now and then a dog will get a bone, right? Oh, without a doubt, man. But no one found that for his value, man. He's a former first-rounder. You know, he played a lot of games, so we know he was experienced. He was going to get in there, you know what I mean, piss down his legs. He was going to go down to the fight, get his best shot, go around. We know he's giving his best shot. We okay, man. Like I said, you know, back then, we said, uh, back then, we, we all, you already know, we said the defense gonna take us as far as we go. No question. You know, we gotta get being more touches. So, that was our part on the whole team. Halftime, we go in, of course, up 14-0 defensively. You know, they don't score. We win the ball game. The Cleveland offense, Brown, Cleveland Browns offense, if they do not score, we win the ball game, knowing that Byron Leftwich will finish the ball game out. And that was the ideal plan, but unfortunately he came in a little earlier than expected because of the Ben, uh, Big Ben's injury. Now, third quarter takes off, uh, defense. We're back on the football field doing what we do best. Uh, the starting free safety is back. Tyrone Carter, uh, he, he makes, uh, a big time, uh, return to the ball game and instantly his impact is, is felt that Tyrone picks off Gronkowski. He returns it 18 yards, setting up a Jeffrey field goal. Now we go up 17 to zero. When you look at the depth, especially in our secondary, a strong suit for our defense at the time we had the number one secondary in the league. When you look at the depth, how important was it for different players to step in and consistently make plays and force turnovers? Because at that time we were dominating the league as far as turnovers and sacking the quarterback. And those two stats, they go hand in hand when you ask any quality defense, defensive mind, uh, player or coach. But how critical was the depth that we had in the secondary? Oh, man, I, I, the depth we had in the secondary played a very important part of us defensively, of being in the top defense and not only, you know, winning Super Bowls because you know how it goes. man. if you ain't got enough TVs out there, man, they're going to pick you apart. And your depth ain't right, you know, once your guys go down, it's, it's over with for you. But the depth that we had, man, it was, man, you weren't skipping the beat no matter what, who, who was in the game. And to have that on a team, that's, man, that, that's a plus to be back because no matter what, every guy looked at himself as a starter anyway, but they know he was going to get a chance to play. And our mindset was, when your number's called, you answer the bell. You answer the bell. And while the other guys is out there, you're gonna support them. You're gonna continue to, you know, be in the game. You're gonna, you're gonna have it cut them back. You're gonna look at him, give him something to do. You're gonna get, you're gonna know what he's doing. So you're paying attention. You ain't mad. You ain't moping. You know what I mean? That's the thing that I like about. I don't think that. We don't care. We know who, whoever was up at that time. It was his time. We are gonna support him and everything. And it's your time is your time. No you gonna see it. And I think that helped us. No, and, and I think that played a big part in our success because even though we competed against each other, we cheered for each other also. One man make a play, we felt like we all made a play. We was a very, very selfless group, and it really showed 
week in and week out. Now we transition to the fourth quarter. The Steeler defense continues to dominate, being able to capitalize on Tyrone Carter's interception. Your former Minnesota gopher, Gary Russell, he comes in the ball game. He pinches it in from a three-yard touchdown run. We continue to improve on our score at that time. A little bit under nine minutes left to go. Tyrone, Tyrone Carter makes, makes his second big play, intercepts Gronkowski once again. Jamal Lewis tipped the ball. Tyrone being in the, in the ideal place at the right time. He picks the ball off, returns it for a big time touchdown. TC, when you look at your memories of, uh, your memories from that play, Talk about that play going through the motions, and also what does it feel like to score a defensive touchdown? Oh man, I I, I can tell you the play right now. You remember the play? Diamond oh, Wade, let me hear this. Diamond Wade, Cobra White. Okay, Diamond Wade, we Cobra White. I know what that play is. I got Troy in the game. Hold on, I wait a minute. Troy wait a minute. Hold on, wait a minute. And that's what we got to do here. We got to take advantage of these moments and these opportunities because you know, TC, there are a lot of people that 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 are listening to us. Never, they would never be in an NFL huddle. They would never be in an NFL meeting room, defensive back meeting room. Mm-hmm. Arguably, they mm-hmm. would never be around a championship team, right? So with that being said, Correct. break down dime a week, dime away, weak Cobra White. What's that coverage? Break it down. Dime away, weak Cobra White is we coming from the weak side with our weak, with our weak side corner. Yep. It's blitzing. Yep. The, the safety is dropping down playing, we call it, Vertical hook almost, or a flat curl. You know what I mean? Playing a cover two with a safety over top of him. And that was me. That supposed to have been Troy. Troy switch told me to switch with him. Troy wanted He's going to be over top of me. He's taking the Grand Kaiser for the go for the long one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Troy, see, the is thing that, about, hey, 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 that, hey, tell everybody about Troy. Hey, now, Troy, Troy would switch up things hey, and tell you Troy, go one Troy way. Switch up on a minute, man. Yeah, yeah, oh, Troy would switch up for you quick, try to get that play. <laughs> So, yeah. so Troy moves you down <laughs> the plate. He switched the wrong, uh, he switched the wrong plate. Yeah. I got it. Cause it fooled him. Yeah. The hot route, be, I think, I, I be like, you would need the game. I wasn't, I, I was the one that blitzed. I can't, I was the weak corner. Yeah, yeah I blitzed cause you, I came, I, I came scot free because when, what happened was Jay Lou, Jamal Lewis checked out. He didn't stay in the block. So I came scot free. I think it was me. And Lawrence on that blitz, so I came scot free, so he had to get the ball out quick because I was going to get a sack, and that's when he threw it. J. J. Lou wasn't ready, and he tipped the ball, and you right, it hit you right there in the hands. I'm right there, hit me right there in my hand, cause I was coming to be Matt. <laughs> yeah, and I and was Troy, about to die. yeah, you I were was supposed to be to have safety. Cobra, you were supposed to be to have safety, but Troy must have felt like Gronkowski would take a shot. And ended up telling you to move. And see, that's the thing about Troy listeners. Whenever Troy tell you to move, we didn't ask any questions. We just move. We answer no questions. You're like, oh, we here we go. No right. Okay, well, what do you want to do? Thing, what happened? You're playing out there with Troy. You're going to go with Troy. You're going to be the same. <laughs> <laughs> Troy, what you doing? What you doing, Troy? Oh, no question. Oh, Troy going to go with three zones, man. Yeah. going to go with three zones. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, TC, scoring a touchdown on that play. Um, and, and the crazy part about it, listeners, Remember, I said Tyrone was knocked out of the ball game in the first quarter. He didn't return until the third quarter. So that talk about the toughness and the mentality and how the game has changed to where we are present day. But scoring a touchdown, TC, what does that mean? How does that feel, scoring a touchdown? Well, you defensive know, touchdown. Yeah, defensive that, touchdown. That, that, feels, that, feels, that feels awesome as defensively because you don't very seldom get the ball. Mm-hmm. So when you do get it in, get it in the end zone, Man, that, that count twice. 
you got a pick six, you got a pick, and you got a six too at the same time. Yeah, man, you can't you can't have it no better way as a defensive back. You don't want it no better way, see, man. You know when I was in college, I like to knock cats out. I just get the ooh ah. But y'all done taught me about catching the ball and going in the end zone and knocking the ants on their head. I got a pick six, CD. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, hey, TC, what did you do with uh, that football? Did do you still have it? Yeah, yeah, I got that. Do I got that? I think I do. Be making my, I got to look at my, my balls. All the <laughs> balls I got. Well, I'm gonna show it. I'm a, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna take a picture of today. <laughs> I'm taking a picture of today. Yeah, I got him, man. I got all my picks. Man. You got all your picks. Got and you gotta have oh, that pick baby. six. Yeah, no question. I got all of them, baby. No question. And because of that Good touchdown, job. that was a final score uh from the Pittsburgh Steelers. We go on to win thirty one to zero. We close out the regular season twelve to four. Um when it comes to winning ball games, also in in, in the matter in which we won that ball game, how satis- satisfying is it to record a shutout? To record a shutout defensively, that's always a bonus, man. It's always a uh you might as well tip your hats off to yourself, man. The pitch no a no hitter. No you question. know what I mean? You guys can't get in the end zone. Defensively, as a professional, mm. man, I don't care who, who you playing. Yeah, that, that's great for defensively. It is that's great. And, that and, helps you. In the, that helps you in your ranking as well. And real quick, let me jump in. You 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 said you, you made a key big time statement as far as football fans. They see shutouts totally different than what we see shutouts as players. And I say that because it's so difficult for NFL defenses to get shutouts because I don't care how bad the opposing team is. Anything can happen as far as three points, getting a safety, or just having luck on your side and driving down to score a touchdown. And the difficulty in getting a shutout, I would compare that to seeing a pitcher get a no-hitter in baseball. You don't see that often. And whenever you do see it, as far as baseball, it's a big story. It's a big story. Now, you may see shutouts more often than no-hitters when it comes to pitchers in baseball. But it's still... It's on the same level for us as players. When you don't get allow one touchdown, one point, that's a big, big deal. And I don't care who you're playing against because those individuals, they get big-time paychecks the same way we do. But to be able to pitch a shutout listeners, I compare that to seeing a pitcher pitch a no-hitter. You don't see it as often as far as no-hitters, but it's on the same level when you talk about Getting that perspective from players, former players, players or former players, in my opinion, it's a huge, it's a huge accomplishment. Now, when you look at what we were able to do, looking at the 2008 season, finishing 12 and four, had a few injuries, of course, the Big Ben injury, and I'm going to read a statement from Mike Mike Tomlin's post game interview. No further injuries were revealed from Big Ben's test at the hospital. Uh, we're optimistic of where he's going to be again. It is encouraging. At that point, what was your personal opinion about Big Ben? Knowing we did have a week off, but knowing the second round would be right around the corner, did you expect to see him play in the second round? Oh, uh, without a doubt. You know, knowing Ben, you know Ben. You know, you been around him. He he gonna he gonna show y'all. <laughs> he he battle tested. Yeah, he's a tough son of a gun, man. He one quarterback. You see, it's hard to get down, man. He's a fighter. He's a competitor. So knowing Big Ben, he ain't going to miss this game. He ain't missing the playoffs. He ain't missing the playoffs. <laughs> but we got to buy week two, give him a little bit, give him a couple of weeks to go. I, he'll be ready for the first game. 
our job was to, no matter who's going to be ready, make sure we got a backup if he's not. Uh, no question. Now, what's next for the Steelers' uh, 2008 season? We, of course, we had a bye week. We talked about that bye week for the wild wild card game. Instantly, we're in the divisional round matchup because of the success we had throughout the season. Uh, that matchup would either be at that time we weren't not we we weren't sure who we would play. So it would either be the Chargers, the Colts, or the Ravens. Three teams we all we 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 played previously throughout the year. How did you? How did the team approach the break in between games, and what opponent did you prefer to play, if you had any? Man, I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> B-Mac, you know as well as I know. At that time, I think all the teams was hot. All the teams was hot, I believe. Mm-hmm. San Diego was going on the road, and uh, they had win. I think they had like four or five games winning streak, I believe. I think it was. I'm not mistaken. But to me, I didn't care who we played. I know we're going to have a home game, and I like our chances with any one of those three games, any one of those three teams. I like I like our chances. But you know everybody want to play Baltimore because they know that's a hard game. But at the end of the day, we would like to play them. At the, we play them two times in the regular season. Yep. Then we got to come back and play them. I think we want to play Baltimore because I think they beat us two times that season. No, they didn't. They didn't I beat really us at all. That in 2008, yeah, we swept them. So we was going for the uh, trifecta against them. If we, if eventually, you know, we played, but at that time, if we would play them again, we'd have beat them. It would have been three times in a row. So the first two times we played them, remember the second game in Baltimore was a close ball game that Santonio Holmes catch where he he uh, he toe tapped on the goal line. Yeah, yeah, in the end zone. Goal line. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So you know what though, I, I agree with you because we were so hot. It didn't really matter in knowing that we had at least one game in Heinz Field with the way our defense was playing. It really didn't matter. And the unique thing about those teams, all three teams had pretty good quarterback play. Phillip Rivers, the Chargers, of course, Peyton Manning with the Colts. And at that time, Joe Flacco, young quarterback, was playing pretty good football. So entering the playoffs and knowing playoffs football, that's where the elite quarterbacks stand up. Not knowing who the, who the quarterback will be as far as at that time playing Cleveland. How did you prepare the week of not knowing exactly who you would play and what quarterback you would see during that bye week? Well, I prepared for all three. I prepared for all three. We played them all the time, so I went back to my notes, seeing what I had down there when we played them, watched some of the ending of their last game to see if they do any change-ups. I know since we done played them, they're going to have a little wrinkle. So what I went back to all the plays that we had mistakes in to see no matter what, they faced us, see if they're going to try to attack us and make sure I, if I made a mistake, I didn't make that same mistake if I seen that same formation. So, like I said, B-Mac, man, right then and there, man, we right there. We knew we got three games. We win three games. We we were we be crowned world champs. They're one game ahead. They're one game in our way. The next guy up, we want to make sure we execute, that, execute our assignment, go out there and play the best football we can play, and you know, come away with the win the best way we can. And that's what, that's all I, our mindset was during that time to me. Yeah. Defensively. Well, and, and, and as the wild card weekend took place, eventually the Chargers won the ball game. And that's what's next for us, Steeler listeners, as we continue to recap this 2008 season. The next matchup we will recap is the second round playoffs. The Pittsburgh Steelers will be hosting the San Diego Chargers, they're in Heinz Field. We know it's a five-star matchup because we're in it, a primetime affair. As the road to Tampa, 
starts during the next podcast. But before we before we get off this outstanding week 17 recap, I got to thank once again my homeboy Tyrone Carter, 11 year pro, two time consensus college All American. There we go. One time Jim <laughs> Thorpe Award winner, Minnesota Gopher, arguably the best defensive back in Gopher history. Fourth round pick out of Minnesota in 2000 by the Minnesota Vikings. He was a two time All American also. Two time first team All American at Minnesota. Uh, also a two time Super Bowl. It's a lot of two times going on right now throughout this whole, uh, accolade, uh, throughout these you know accolades I'm reading. Deuce, man. You know I was Deuce, man. <laughs> you know I was Deuce, Deuce. But stop forgetting to put my consistent All American. I, I got it. I, I missed it in the intro, but yeah. I got it in the outro. Yeah, you, you got to get, yeah, man. You got to go in and got to come out. Yeah. When you come, when you go in as a consistent, you going to come out as a consistent. Yeah. Hey, hey. Hello, baby. Yes, sir. I appreciate you for inviting me, man. man I no. hope you had a good time, man. They just let the viewers know, man. We were different, man. That's still a class, man, from the 04 all the way to 2008, 2010 to me. I think arguably the best organization on in the NFL, the best team collectively, yeah. brotherly, bond organization. I love the Steelers. Uh, Steelers. No question. Steelers fans, they love you too. Until next time, go Steelers. Subscribe to the season 2008 Steelers on iTunes and anywhere else podcasts are found. So you're up to date on our episodes that are released each Monday up until the Super Bowl. Until then, in the words of legend Dick LeBeau, adios. <laughs>